0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: What did you see last night, Key?
0: I'm jealous. When he threw that When he threw that post to, uh, what's the kid's name, 83? Lazar? No, not Lazar. What's the kid's name, 83? I can't think of Valdez name. Valdez Scantley, is that what you're talking about? Valdez Scantley. When he threw that ball to him on the post, oh, it was such a thing of beauty. I wish people can see Key's eyes when he sees game footage
2: of somebody being guarded in single coverage. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> when somebody's being hard in single coverage, he's like, "Really, really one defender?" I, I had to see two multiple times every single. It
0: game. hurts your heart though when you see stuff like that. It's like, dang, you well, know. But it's pretty because that's exactly how Aaron Rodgers and Lafleur drew it up. You know, it just it it things are just perfect when you look at it, and then it works to perfection. Where you sit there and you go, "Oh man!" When when Devontae Adams ran the double move. And even though he didn't score, but he ran a double mm. move on that dude. It was like, come on, man, seriously, you know, seriously. Like it's a thing of beauty. Like you look at you, like we're looking at television right now, and you look at the route that he's running on the safety. The safety was a dead doorknob because the other backside safety had to take the tight end on the deep crosser. Then you got the receiver that got up on the safety, and when he was even, he was leaving. It Was nothing. He was flat footed, and I saw Aaron Rodgers. All he could do was just smile and laugh because. In that room, when they got there on Wednesday or Tuesday or whenever they put their game plan together, they circled this play. They probably ran it 10 times in practice over the course of the week. And every single time, it hit. And that dude did exactly what he was supposed to do. It was a thing of beauty. Just magical.
1: Just to recap, Packers over the 49ers, a severely depleted 49ers team, 34-17 Aaron Rodgers, 305 yards, four touchdowns. Aaron Jones banged up, played, even caught five balls out of the backfield, contributing greatly, even though he was banged up. And it's one thing, to Key's point, it's one thing to make Valdez Scantling look great.
0: Valdez Scantling. See, all these receivers, he just... Who's the reason? I don't know Devontae Adams. I don't know these other dudes.
1: I was watching uh, <laughs> Sunday Night Football. They say, Mike Tarico said people now call him MVS. So we can just yeah. go with MVS. And when we talk about Uyangalele, we just go D-J-U. DJU.
2: A lot of nicknames. Right?
0: Right. Uyangalaleh. Almost. Ooh. Almost. Like. Whatever, man. Uh the
1: quarterback of Climpson. <laughs> right. Everybody's doing more with less. Everyone's cutting back in, with regards yeah. to efficiency on the football field with calls and signals and all that stuff. So why say Valdez Scantling?
0: Let's just go. MVS, let's just go. Or, or keep it simple like Dennis Rodman used to do in basketball. Just call him by the number. Yes, call 83. him. By the number.
1: 91 or whatever (laughs) he used to wear. I don't know why he wore that number. Because he's
0: Dennis. That's that's true.
1: That's because he's Dennis Rodman. All right, so it's one thing to make Valdez Scantling look great. It's another thing to make Alan Lazard, who wasn't drafted and was on the Jaguars practice squad languishing, look great. Uh, You don't need to do too much to make Devontae Adams look great. He was great. Ten catches, 173 yards, and a touchdown last night. And then after the game, after that sort of performance, back in sync with... Aaron Rodgers, remember he had missed a couple of games mm-hmm. with a hamstring injury. That had been something he'd been working on all year to sort of work out the kinks there. Devontae Adams was simply asked, are you the best wide receiver in football?
3: Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think that's not, a, that's not being conceited. That's just being confident. I think, um, you know, obviously what I've, what I've done and um, what I'm going to continue to do is going to prove that um, to anybody who who isn't on board with that. But I, I truly believe that uh, just based off of the the work that I put in, at the end of the day, um, I'll tell you, yes, absolutely. I, I think I'm the best wide receiver in the, in the game, but um, there's a lot of things that go into me being able to, to, to make that statement.
1: Now, th- that mm. is quite a statement. Oh, my God. But here, real quick, I've got to give you in 10 seconds here, Key. This is Keyshawn's favorite statement every single day. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. I know you love that. All right, I know you love the confidence slash arrogance slash brassness slash reality of Devontae Adams there.
0: You know, I I just screamed and smacked my legs because I was looking at the clip on a double move. And this is a shout-out to Keith Williams, former University of Nebraska wide receiver coach, mm-hmm. who trains Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, these guys in the offseason. And the move that he made on the double move is, is textbook of what Keith is teaching him. Right there, bam, going to go. That is just a thing of... Beauty. That means Devontae Adams is listening and paying attention to what he's being taught. It's just unbelievable. But anyway, he is one of the top receivers in the league. I mean, you could, it's six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. Who do you want? Do you want Michael Thomas? Do you want DeAndre Hopkins? Do you want Julio Jones? Who do you want? Do you want Devontae Adams? It's that, that's what it is. Now, when you talk about a list, I'm going to put my nephew number one. Period. There's no question about it because I know his worth ethic. I know what he means to his team. I know that he doesn't just catch slant routes. I understand the offense that he's in because I've been in Sean Payton's offense. He's in multiple sets, much like Devontae Adams um, is moved around They're in similar offensive, a West coast style system. They're going to catch a lot of balls. They're going to get a lot of yak yards. And that's just what it is. And then Julio Jones is Julio Jones. He's been doing it for a very long time. Um, You know, DeAndre Hopkins obviously doing it a very long time. He knows how to run routes. He's wicked with the – I mean, he doesn't drop anything, right? And then you got D.K. Metcalf who's emerging, who's emerging. Like he's 20 yards a catch. I mean, he's got a a catch radius that's ridiculous. He's fast. He's big. He's strong. And I think as he learns to run the route tree – because right now he's really more of – I would consider him more of a vertical threat with speed and a straight line guy – but once he learns how to give some wiggle, in and out of breaks, stop and start, do some of those sort of things, he's going to become a real monster in the league. And as long as you got a quarterback like Russell Wilson and you with a Pete Carroll led offense who wants you to succeed, that's wild, right? When I say want you to succeed, mm-hmm. because they're going to put you in positions to succeed. Sometimes coaches select players and they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll use him, but they won't put emphasis on making sure that you. Or the guy. Pete Carroll will do that with DK Metcalf.
2: I just want to make sure that we can clarify. It's okay to be confident. Like and also with semantics key, with the way he said it. Like that was confidence. You want your you want your players to have supreme confidence. I just don't want us to use words like arrogant or brash. Like that wasn't I know that but that wasn't You know, that that wasn't an in-your-face type comment. That was just a player recognizing his own ability and being really good and owning that in that moment. And that's what you want from a star player because the fact of the matter is, the way Aaron Rodgers used him as a target last night, he is that dude in the National Football League.
0: It's ridiculous how good he is, and this is why I always try to convince or have these conversations about Aaron Rodgers needing another wide receiver. Oh, you got to get a receiver. He's, they didn't do it on deadline day. They could go out there. They should have got Will Fuller. I'm like, man, they, they, they're fine. He's fine. You get, when you got an alpha dog, the alpha dog is Devontae Adams. He's going to suck up all the oxygen in the room. And then everybody else, they'll get the trickle down. Whatever's left, they'll get. And what was his name? The guy, the receiver, 83? Marquez Valdez Scantling. Valdez Scantling. Yeah, MVS. MVS, was able to get the trickle down. He got it. He got all the little ancillary stuff on the side Why Devontae Adams got the big meat. He ate all the big stuff. And that's okay because that's who he is. As a player, you want Devontae Adams to be the leader while all the other guys, the young guys that may not get the opportunities and the balls to come their way contribute because they know if they drop it, chances are they're not going back to them That often.
2: Key, I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying, but there's also the alternate truth that they were playing against the 49ers. Now, I know that things look clean and everything looked incredible, but at the same time, 49ers are a really depleted team, and I know that Devontae Adams is a top receiver in the league, but when you start playing against top-tier defenses, I wonder how that's going to end up playing out for Aaron Rodgers because last night he could sit back in the pocket. He wasn't on the move a lot. Did the
0: 49ers beat the Rams? Yes, they did. Were they kind of depleted then? Yes, they Not were. Not as depleted as they were. Just, Not as
2: depleted as they were yesterday, we, we gotta last lay out. night. We
0: got to lay out. No, we don't. Jay, Will, we got to lay out.
1: Jimmy Garoppolo did play in that he game played in on that Sunday game. Night Football. So that's I, a little I, 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 understand
0: I understand that, but you just said Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy that they tried to replace last year, that they're going to replace next year. So mm-hmm. – Lay Zubin.
1: Okay. Well, I can't. I actually got a key. Oh, off. yeah. You, you guys, so got to lay out. You got to go. All the yeah. radio terminology. I'm learning. I'm learning. It's All right. the 49ers. By the way, just one thing that has to be mentioned when Key's top five wide receivers, Thomas, Hopkins, Jones, Devontae Adams and DK Metcalf oh by the way no coincidence their quarterbacks Drew Brees Kyler Murray Matt Ryan Aaron Rodgers Russell Wilson that kind of helps a little bit too right we're asking the Keyshawn J Will and Zubin Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed simply put who's the best wide receiver in the NFL Devontae Adams says Devontae Adams Keyshawn Johnson says his nephew Michael Thomas, it's nepotism, but hey, this is the TV business. There's nepotism all over the TV business, too, as we know. Casey Mono 1, just hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, and uh, you won't be surprised if it's Casey Mono 1. Can't have a top five without Tyreek Hill. That's a KC fan right there. Rock says Allen Robinson is most underrated and could be top five, and a D. Miller adds DK Metcalf and says it's not even close.
0: Tyreek Hill, so that you know if he wasn't listening to the show earlier, Tyreek Hill is in a separate category by itself. He has his own box. It's called Tyree Hill. He's not a wide receiver. He is a guy that I want on my team that I could do a million things with and help me win games. So hopefully that answers that question.
1: Indeed. All right, still to come, why is it actually news that one of the most prolific scorers in recent NBA history is still the centerpiece of his team? That's on the way.
4: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com. Passion, drive, and patience.
5: The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: Chishon, Jay, Will, and Zubin. The Podcast.
1: It's time for Four Downs. The four big NFL stories. We'll get Key and Jay's thoughts. Let's go.
2: Four Downs.
1: Let's start with first down. I guess I'll do it. Seahawks at Bills. What do we think?
0: I like Seattle traveling to Buffalo. I was looking for it in my list, but I didn't see it. But I like Seattle traveling to Buffalo. I think that when you look at the – it's going to be interesting because when you look at Russell Wilson and some of the things that he's been doing on the offensive side, along with D.K. Metcalf, it's going to be one of those games. But Josh Allen, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills – have got to step up. I know you took care of business against the New England Patriots, but this is an opportunity to burst onto the scene. Josh Allen, 70% completion percentage in his first four games of the season since then has dropped down to the 60% mark. You can explode onto the scene. If you really want to take control of the AFC East, get it done against Seattle.
2: Also, I will pick Seattle.
0: Now we talk about the second down, Chicago at Tennessee. We just had Diana Rossini on with us talking about this game that she's covering for us. Chicago and Nick Foles is going to be interesting. They've got an opportunity to stay pace with the Green Bay Packers if they want to make the playoffs. Tennessee, the same thing. Just make sure that you're running the ball and shore up that defense. Tennessee's defense has got to come back to the party because we know what the Chicago Bears in their defense is capable of doing, Jay.
1: Four Downs brought to you by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to GEICO.com today.
0: Third down. Huh. Third down. Ravens and Colts. This is interesting. Lamar Jackson up against Indy's defense. Now, we know what Lamar can do on the ground, and we know certainly what he can do, cannot do in the air. With this defense that Indy is capable of putting out on the field, you got to think that they're going to force him to use his legs to not use his legs better yet to throw the football because they feel like they have the advantage when he throws the ball opposed to when he puts it on the ground and run. On the flip side, Phillip Rivers. You've got to watch out for this defense of the Baltimore Ravens. So far, so good this year. You have your team right there in the first place standings. I don't believe that they'll get out of Baltimore with the W. FPI chances to win. 60% Baltimore, 40 Indy. Fourth down. Fourth down, Saints at Buccaneers. This is pretty easy for me. I mean, you already know the way that I like things to go. If Michael Thomas is healthy and playing in a game, I think in Tampa, the New Orleans Saints take advantage of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Although Tom Brady, magical Tom, is on point. He's doing some things that for his age with Gronkowski, Mike Evans, Scotty Miller, and what they're capable of doing on the defensive side certainly could add some problems to New Orleans. But I think getting... Michael Thomas back in the lineup certainly will have Drew Brees looking like a different quarterback than what everybody thinks he is this season.
2: I'm going to go out here and take Tom Brady in a revenge win here. You know, the narrative coming off that first matchup was Tom has no idea what he's doing. Is he the same – what about his weapons? I, I think this is the game that Tom targets. Now, I know they get Michael Thomas back. Uh, they get Sanders back as well, which is a huge boost for the Saints. But I still think there's going to be a slightly adjustment period with those guys coming back into the fold. I think the Bucks take this one. Huh. Bonus down. We'll go college
1: here. Clemson at Notre Dame.
0: Ooh. You know, I, I will never pick Notre Dame. And I know we have Brian Kelly on the, on the show, and I like Brian Kelly. And I— But I'm not picking Notre Dame. Clemson got too many dudes, man. I know Boston College, it looked like, oh, my God, first half, they're getting ready to beat this team. But DJ Ugelege. Almost. Almost, not quite. There's a young quarterback out of California that we saw for the first time in a full game against Boston College come back in the second half and get it done. And I'm going to continue to butcher his name until I get it right.
2: (laughs) I'm going to take Notre Dame in this one. I think Brian Kelly has a lot of tricks up his sleeve, especially with their past defense. They're going to give a multitude of different looks to a young quarterback, make him figure it out on the fly. And I know they have a lot of weapons, but don't forget about the name Ian Book. I I think one of the most underrated quarterbacks that we do not talk about.
0: You say a young quarterback. What's his name? DJU. (laughs) See?
2: (laughs) (laughs) DJU. I told you that's what I'm calling him.
0: (laughs) <laughs>
1: Ui angalale. Ui angalale.
2: Ui
0: angalale. <laughs> Ui angalale. Ui Oh man.
1: That's, okay, well, whatever. We should also mention it'll be unseasonably warm, 70 degrees under the lights tomorrow night. And by the way, Key, huh This game is getting all the oxygen, but there's another top 10 matchup tomorrow between Georgia and Florida. That's a really important game in the SEC. So while you're thinking the about
0: cocktail party, right? Yes.
1: Although this year, obviously,
0: <laughs> they'll still find a way
1: Yes, as you said before. Very big game tonight too between Boise State and BYU. That's a big one tonight. So your weekend actually started. I sucks saw tonight. Wyoming
0: and Colorado State last night and I saw Utah State and Nevada. Mountain West action? Key watching a little Mountain West? I was bored. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Jeez, Nevada and Utah State. I I really like football. <laughs> I'll tell you, there's no reason
1: to be bored, because in a couple minutes we'll talk about the Patriots and exactly what Tom Brady may have seen before he left and how different the Pats might look roster-wise had he stayed. We'll do that with one of Tom's old teammates. That's after we do SportsCenter.
6: Back
0: to throw. Rodgers looking downfield. Rainbows down the middle. That MVS Touchdown! Marquez Valdez scantling on the touchdown reception. They beat Marcel Harris. Well, look, if the
1: voice of the Packers, Wayne Larrivee, is going to call him MVS, now it's official. Now, we can, if the voice of the Packers is going to do it, we can do it. That was on WTMJ.
0: You got to have nine names, though, man.
1: <laughs> 305 yards for touchdowns for Aaron oh, Rodgers. Oh. <laughs> 10 catches, 173 for Devonte <laughs> Adams, who proclaimed himself the best receiver in the NFL. After the game, and the Packers get a small measure of revenge after that shellacking in the NFC Championship game in their last meeting. The NBA season will start December 22nd, all the big wigs have agreed. The offseason will last just 71 days from the moment the Lakers won the championship to December 22nd, and the first tip, that's about half as long as normal. According to the Elias Sports Bureau, it would be the shortest offseason in NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, or NFL history. And the Cal Washington season opener has been ruled a no contest by the Pac-12. Cal's got some issues with the coronavirus. They got a bunch of players in quarantine, so they simply don't have enough minimum scholarship players available. Again, we'll talk to Herm Edwards, USC, and Arizona State, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Believe it or not, they will play at 9 a.m. Pacific on Saturday. And SportsCenter is brought to you by Shell. Get more time to listen to our show by going to Shell and getting three things done at once. First fill up with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus, then save up with the Fuel Rewards Program, finally snack up to see even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell.
0: For many years, Tom Brady kind of like, he was covering up for some of those deficiencies, and now that he's not there, we can kind of see everything face value.
1: We're going to talk to Rob Ninkovich, a Super Bowl champion, one of Tom Brady's teammates here in just a second. But I want to get the fellow's thoughts before we bring in Rob, who is as close to the situation mm. as everybody. We were talking yesterday, and uh, Key, you sort of seem to indicate that, uh, sure, hey, the man, Pats. Have,
0: what I indicated. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> the Pats had eight guys opt out. Uh, due to the coronavirus, not all later contributors. One of them is Dante Hightower, though. Yes. That's a big time player for them. But you sort of intimated yesterday had Tom Brady been on the roster, then maybe some of these guys don't opt out. Their closeness to Brady, their teammates, everyone's together, but hold obviously extract Brady from the situation is a little different.
2: I've seen Key on both sides of his fence here, though. I've seen him say he said that yesterday on the call, but then a couple of days ago, he's like, I don't care who you put on the team. Put a little Joe Montana, put a splash of Michael Jordan. Do you remember that comment? Why are you getting so frustrated?
0: Because you don't listen. Yes, I made the comment, but he's getting ready to tee me up, not about them being great. The comment is about them having the players stay on board because Tom Brady's relationship with them may change the way they think. Ah. Not about me and you and Zubin and, and all these mixed bags be playing the quarterback position for uh, uh, the New England Patriots would make them better. No, no matter who the hell they had underneath the center, they still was probably going to wind up being three and four, two and five. That's why Tom Brady, Tom Brady was smart enough to bolt to, to Tampa because he looked at that roster versus his roster and said, no, nah, you're not getting ready to do this to me. And, and I get that. But when you look at it, as we said on our pre-production call, is that because of the relationship that you have with your teammates sometimes can influence them on making decisions to remain with a team. Now, I don't know all the reasons everybody opted out. I mean, some people opted out in the national football league because they weren't gonna make the team and it was an opportunity to still get a check. Because if you opt out, you still get paid a certain amount of percentage of your uh your your contract. Hightower may have some 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 sort of you know, something going on where... He just had
1: the birth of a child. Okay, so, so that's what
0: that. that's what it was. He that's had the birth of a child, time. so he wasn't going right. to... Dante wasn't going to take a chance on doing that. Right. But if Tom Brady is there, maybe that conversation is a difference. Maybe Gronkowski revisits the opportunity to play back in New England, much like he did with Tom in Tampa. He wasn't coming back for no other team or no other quarterback other than Tom. So that's all the conversation was, is it could Tom Brady influence certain players mm. to remain in New England or certain players to come back to New England, but he was smart enough to realize that they didn't have enough to get him where he's at in Tampa. That's the comment.
2: It is interesting, though, for a guy like Tom Brady or, or LeBron James where it's, hey, look, if, your goal, if you have an opportunity to win a championship, you're obviously going to look at things completely differently, right, Key? Like, if Tom Brady's there, and I, I agree with your point. They're not winning in New England. I, I know though. they're not winning it, yeah. but still, like, you're, it's a – it's a different kind of unsaid pressure when you have a guy in a position like a LeBron James or a Tom Brady. When you know that they're there around you and the the winning atmosphere, hey, we can make things. They can make a lot of things out of nothing, right?
0: It'll be a little bit different. It'll be a little bit different, but Tom saw it. He saw it. So Tom was like, "Uh uh-uh, you're not getting ready to ruin my career like this. Uh, What's left of my career.
1: I think what Keyshawn is indicating is that Brady knew far before Belichick made it public a couple days ago. Excuse me. That we essentially sold out to win the Super Bowl. We don't have the salary cap room. And those are obviously numbers Brady would be privy to. So he saw it long before Belichick made it public. And I'm sure Belichick knew it all along as well.
0: And even not even the numbers. And Rob Ninkovich is going to join us here in 30 seconds. Less than 30 seconds. Five seconds. Give it to him, Z.
1: All right, let's bring in the two-time Super Bowl champion, ESPN NFL analyst Rob Ninkovich. Rob, you know Bill as well as anyone. Um, what do you just make of everything you are hearing the fellas talk about here?
3: Well, I mean, look, it's the, the salary cap is a slippery slope because anytime you're trying to negotiate a contract or every team i don't care what team it is they're like well we got the salary cap that we have to try and stay under i mean that's their no that's their negotiation um one of their points that they try to make like oh we can't give you this because of the salary cap but the one thing i can say is when you look at the patriots and how they were built i think this year they have like 30 million in dead cap anytime you have that much in dead cap means that some things didn't work out for you and that you're having to pay the price for it so Next year, they'll have a lot of cap room to do a lot of different things. This year, they were limited in the things that they're able to do before some of the players opted out. They literally had like no cap space at all. So, if you're Tom Brady or you're one of these players, excuse me, that are looking at that, you know, last year, Tom Brady, you know, hey, we can't sign you to a two year $50 million contract like Tampa. And you look at some of these teams with a lot of cap space. Go back the last five years or ten years of their seasons, they've been pretty terrible. And anybody that has a ton of cap room, they pretty much haven't looked great. You know, look at Tampa for example; they had a ton of cap space. Well, they they really didn't compete for a division championship, let alone a, a Super Bowl. So um, there is something to be said about what Bill talked about with the salary cap issue. But that being said, I mean, the, the team at this point right now they lack in the skill positions of receiver. They don't really have a pass or a pure pass rusher that can get after the quarterback. Um, and now with the quarterback position, they, have, they, don't ha- they don't have an answer there either. So there, it's a pretty challenging spot to be in in New England.
0: Rob, did, did Tom, outside of the money part of it, the $50 million two-year deal that he got with Tampa, did he see this, though? Did he see the roster and be able to say to himself, I got to get out of here because otherwise this isn't going to work out?
3: I mean, I I can't speak for Tom and I can't say what, you know, what Tom was thinking, but I really honestly believe that look, every, I can think of people that were married at one point and they can't be in the same room together. So there's there's always a point in someone's career where they feel like they need a change and they have to try and go somewhere else and do that. And I think, you know, at this particular moment in Tom's career, he was feeling that, look, I'm at an age point, I'm at a certain age now where, they're not going to they're not going to give me a certain contract and they're not going to put, um, you know, the confidence in me because of my age. I mean, I can tell you firsthand, I've had conversations in, in negotiating with contracts when I was 32 and they said I was too old to play defensive line. So it's like, all right, well, I'm 32 years old um, you know, Tom was in his 40s. I can guarantee that they weren't saying, "Oh, we'll sign you for a long-term deal here because you're 41, 42." Um, so I think Tom was ready for the change, and he he went out there and he found a team that that wanted to to bring him on and and that a loaded roster. You look at Tampa, what they have offensively compared to what the Patriots have, you know, in the receiving core, it, there's no comparison right there. So I think Tom did see, you know, that there was going to be a lack of skilled receivers and skilled tight ends on the the roster if he was around.
0: Let's move to last night's game against the San Francisco 49ers, Green Bay Packers. Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers obviously just went nuts on them, Rob. Where do you have the Green Bay Packers in the NFC as a whole?
3: (sighs) Man, that's a tough game to judge because the 49ers are so banged up and they don't have – a lot of the, the people that they came into the season with. So, you know, you look at that game a couple of weeks ago when they put up 33 points against the Patriots, everyone was jumping on the, you know, the 49ers bandwagon. And now, you know, they lose a bunch of key players. Jimmy G's gone. Kittle's gone for the year. bosa is gone for the year. You know, that that's trouble. That's that's trouble with San Francisco and the 49ers with losing that. So, you know, it's hard for me to say the Packers are, you know, they're the best right now because of the, they just beat the 49ers by a lot. You know, I think a few weeks ago we were looking at the 49ers and like, well, how did they just lose that game? So, um, you know, right now they're, they're probably the best in the division. I know the Bears, you know, everyone's high on the Bears right now. But when you look at Chicago, I think offensively alone, you got to go with the quarterbacks. And when you look at the division, the best quarterback in the division is Aaron Rodgers. You know, he, he's making some things happen out there on the field. And, you know, hopefully the team gets a little bit healthier and they can move forward and continue to, to play well. Um, so I think in that division, you've got to go with the quarterback. So I'm going Aaron Rodgers.
1: Indeed. And certainly I think playing well will continue for Aaron Rodgers. The Packers now have the quote-unquote long week, and then they'll host Jacksonville at Lambeau Field, another opportunity to pile up the stats for A-Rod. Rob, thanks very much.
3: Thanks a lot, Rob. Thanks, guys. Yep, have a good day, yep.
1: Same to you, Rob Nikovich on the Shell Pennzoil performance line brought to you by Shell V Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Still to come, the Power 5 is back tomorrow when the Pac-12
5: returns. Yeah! So what does it mean for the CFP?
6: Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Subin, the podcast.
1: Welcome back to the Pac-12, the fifth and final of the Power 5 conferences to get going. And they're not wasting any time because when they return, they're going to have a 9 a.m. local West Coast kick between
2: Keys, USC, Trojans. I'll be up, though. That's crazy. Right? That's crazy just to get prepared for that game as a player. I
0: know. That's what I was thinking about. Like, no. I wouldn't have wanted to do that.
2: Like, what time do you, what'd you have your first meeting on a, ni- like a 9 a.m. game?
0: Well, you're not, you're, you're going to, so 9 a.m. game, your first meeting in a hotel, Nine, eleven, twelve. You probably are at 6. 6 a.m.? 6, six pregame meal. And then right uh, after. Pregame re- breakfast. Or pregame yeah, breakfast yeah. or whatever it is. And certain players, I'm sure, are not going to want to eat because they probably just ate. Several hours before going to bed, you know, you don't you're sitting up like me. When I played, I was, uh, I didn't get any sleep at all. I probably was operating in games with four, three, four hours of sleep. How about
1: that? The adrenaline, all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I just, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't, especially in the pros. Man, I couldn't. Yeah, you get anxious for it at all.
1: All right, so Arizona State USC is gonna happen tomorrow 9 a.m. Pacific, but Washington and Cal is not. That's off the board. Heather Dinichi, SPN College Football Playoff reporter, is here. Heather, good morning. What can you tell us about that
7: thing? Well, as far as we know from yesterday's reports, this was not an extensive outbreak. It was more about the contact tracing that shut this down, but look at the at the end of the day, It's in the same position. The Pac-12 is in the same position as the Big Ten with no margin for error, no wiggle room, really no flexibility in terms of being able to make these games up. And there you have it. They're stopped before they're started. And all of these things are going to factor into the college football playoff conversation when that selection committee puts out its first ranking on November
0: 24th. Heather, how challenging will it be for the Pac-12, or team for that matter, to make the CFP?
7: You know, I think it depends on if the Pac-12 can get a team to elevate from good to great. That's what we haven't seen in that league, guys. And if you can get an Oregon or a USC to go undefeated and really just demonstrate that it is one of the four best teams in the country, I promise you those 13 selection committee members are going to be talking about them. And look, with what we've seen from Wisconsin, we have seen disruptions in every other league. We've seen Florida have to stop play. Nobody knows at the end of the day, come December 20th, when that final ranking is announced, how many games any of these contenders is going to have on its final resume. But if they can have an undefeated or maybe even a one loss team, I'm not going to rule that out by any stretch of the imagination. They're going to be considered if they are a great team.
2: Heather, let's go to the big game on Saturday. Uh, how big are the CFP implications in the clemson Dame game?
7: You know, this one is interesting because here's the bottom line in my mind, regardless of the Trevor Lawrence being on the sidelines for Clemson, the loser of this game cannot be eliminated. It's different this year for Notre Dame because they are a member of the ACC conference. You know, in years past, I talked to Brian Kelly after they lose, and we have the same conversation. It's, you know, this is what it is when it's an independent. We, We understand. We lose a game, and we're almost out of the mix. Now, they lose this game. They have a chance to compete for the ACC championship, just like Clemson. They have that point of redemption. The problem for Notre Dame with a loss is three of their next four games are on the road. So you have to rebound at Boston College, Friday at North Carolina. Carolina. And then you end the season at Wake Forest, and that's just tricky to do. And then you have to try and beat Clemson again. So I think Notre Dame is under far more pressure than Clemson in this one just because of the stretch that it faces to end the season.
0: Heather being a Pac-12 guy and obviously living on the West Coast basically my entire life, now you haven't covered the college football playoffs since the inception. Now all of a sudden we got a nine PM noon Eastern time start at Arizona State USC. How, how will this affect the, the uh, Pac-12 chances of the CPF in the way that people are looking at it now that they'll get a chance to see it?
7: Well, I don't know that you're giving people enough credit for staying up for those late kicks out here on the East Coast. I know, I know, I do. I can't speak for everybody else, and I know that there's a lot of people on Twitter who absolutely love Pac-12 after dark. I mean, it's a real thing. It just blows up for some reason around midnight. I mean, I can't tell you, um, you know, watching the Apple Cup sometimes during the CFP, flying into into Bristol, and on my way to the studio for an 11 o'clock Sports Center because something happened, something crazy happened. It always does, and. I I, you know, I think will there be more eyes at noon? You know, maybe I don't know, but I, I think that in the in the grand scheme of things, those playoff committee members see every snap. They have iPads. They break down every play. No commercials. They can sit there and they go through everything just like coaches' cut-ups. So regardless of if these games are played at noon Eastern or if they are finishing up at 2 a.m., those committee members are watching. I promise they're watching.
1: No question. We all love watching the Apple Cup, the Pac-12, Washington, Washington State. Hopefully there'll be no more interruptions and we'll see that match up and many more as the Pac-12 takes a bow, believe it or not, tomorrow morning in the pacific time zone heather thank you very much thanks
0: thank
2: you thanks heather
1: still can't get over it for those listeners that are just tuning in arizona state is taking on usc coach herm edwards will join us from the sun devils at nine thirty eastern a 9 a.m local kick in the coliseum we're presented by
2: progressive
0: insurance key what do you think i think it's in the middle of my kid's soccer I think they got another soccer. big game, another huge <laughs> right. game. It's going to be
2: warm out this weekend, though, so you don't no, have to worry about I, being what cold. I'm thinking
0: about it, Jay, as a match of the times of nine West, 12 Eastern, and I'm like, damn, my kids' soccer. I got to figure out an excuse. I got to watch USC play. I just got to figure it out. I, I I understand what Heather's saying, but it's so hard, though, when it's a late man to stay up. Being from the West coming to the East and trying to stay up for the Laker games, the Dodger games, I'm like, Or or some of this late NFL, like last night being able to watch the, the 49er game, but it was still late by the time it was done. It was like eyeballs start to close. So I could see where it would be tough for people here on the East Coast to stay up. So it makes sense for that as far as the time change goes. But it's tough trying to stay up watching college or pro sports late at night.
1: No, I won't text you. You know that. But do you want me to give you a call tomorrow morning, just take it like fake like it's important, then roll over and then watch the game on your phone? No,
0: I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to be – don't worry. Okay. App already downloaded. Don't even, <laughs> don't even worry. Just wanted to make sure. On the way,
1: we're not sure about Baker's future. The guy at the top of the Browns saying that. While the Jets are all in on Sam Darnold. That is next.
2: Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.
4: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them.